Good evening and welcome to Romford Baptist Church this evening. It's great to have you with us online. My name is Ian, I'm one of the pastors of this church. I will be preaching and then later in the service, Vicky will be leading us through the communion. If you uh, haven't got bread and wine or something to symbolise that, you might want to spend during a song or something during this service. Just pop out and get something ready for later in the service. And so we are quiet before God as we hear the words. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Our first song has been recorded by Stephen Vell for us at RBC. And it's a song that's called Breakthrough. Our prayer that God will break through into our lives. And so we pray. Walk softly as you come here. For this is holy ground. God dwells in this place. God, the Lord of time and space, was here before us and is now here. Tread carefully as you come here, for this is holy ground. By God's love-giving word, every creature was spoken into existence and is loved into eternity. God, the Lord of abundant life, was here before us and is here now. Walk quietly as you come here, for this is holy ground. Now is the time and here is the place to listen intently to God's spirit within us. To see, as for the first time, the hidden depths of Christ's suffering for us, to look expectantly for the signs of God's kingdom around us. Holy God, softly, carefully, quietly, we come here celebrating your presence with us and between us this day and always. Hallelujah. Let's just be quiet for a moment, having worshipped God, to remind ourselves of what God has done for us. A moment of silence before we hear our next hymn, I will sing the wondrous story. We heard God's word read from Proverbs chapter 31, starting to read at verse 10. A wife of a noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and she lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. 
She is like the merchant's ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes covering for her beds and she's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seats among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman, woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. As we come to hear what God is going to say to us through this, we have that song we have sung on a few occasions, Speak, O Lord. So if you have a Bible, you might want to look at Proverbs chapter 31 and starting to read, uh, starting from verse 10 where we read from. This is the last in our sermons on Proverbs. You remember we've had a series of them. And this in many ways is described as the epilogue, the final words being spoken. Remember in Proverbs is a book about wisdom. And chapter 31 looks at this theme of the wise woman, the wife of noble character. Often this passage is used to speak to women's groups and to shape women, but not men. But I want to look at this differently tonight and to ask you the question, what is the wisdom below this story? You remember that Proverbs is not written in order to, to be prescriptive, but to be thought-provoking and to inspire us to look deeper at what the qualities God wants us to have. This section that we read 
from Proverbs chapter 31 is an acrostic poem with each of the 22 verses beginning with a consecutive letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the first being Elf and then going on to Tor, the equivalent of an A to Z in the English alphabet. This suggests that we're not necessarily expecting a logical progression through the poem, let alone a checklist, but more as a series of snapshots that make up a whole picture of her life that is marked by the fear of the Lord. It seems appropriate that the woman should be honoured with the use of carefully crafted literary device, one which shows the full comprehensive range of her activities and values. Often this passage is mistaken to mean it only works because she is wealthy. But the same could be said, this sort of poem could be written about Ruth or Esther or any of the other celebrated women and men from scripture. In the literary style, the writer chose a woman as a wife, as a subject of this writing. And so for women and wives, this is true. But it could equally have been written about men and husbands, friends and children. There are three main qualities in the woman of valour in this song. And I would like us to, for a moment, think about this. And so this is a passage of snapshots and I want to focus on three snapshots and at the same time ask you, what are the snapshots of your life? Before we focus on the three, maybe I can take you to a different world. Have you ever had to write a reference for someone or someone written a reference for you and you've had to read it and think, is that me? Is that me? And often writing references, unless they're the bland, you know, did they work here in that time, you know, but if they're wanting a character reference or maybe a character profile for somebody who's in court or whatever, and you've had to sit down and think, what is the qualities I want to say about that person? Maybe right now you can think of some qualities. Now imagine you're writing a true, honest snapshot of yourself. What would you like to write? What would you like to be your story of your life? What would you like it to say? Now the trouble with writing it for ourselves is often we have a, uh, I don't want to say untrue, but a false identity of ourselves. Either we think we're better than we are, or more often the case, we think we're far worse than we are and have no value whatsoever. But I want to just take us into the scriptures and to say that the writer here is writing about this woman and giving qualities to her. And as we have allowed the Proverbs to absorb us, and let me encourage you, start reading the Proverbs often and seeing the characteristics, the question, the challenging question we must keep coming back to is, what 
values, what virtues do we have and how do they display God in our lives? Let's come back to the snapshots for her. The first thing I want to say about this woman is she uses the gifts and resources available to her. As I said, this could be written about a rich person, which it seems to, but it could equally be written about a poor person. But she takes what that which she has and she uses it. In the Proverbs, it says she busies herself. She doesn't eat the bread of idleness. She finds ways to be productive using skills and resources available to her. There's a temptation to feel like this passage reads like Superwoman. And maybe you have read it and you think, gosh, I can never be like her. But what can we take from this that we can be like? Well, she is in eager and enthusiastic. Verse 13 says, she selects her wool and flax and works with eager hands it's not just it will do there is an eagerness and determination to do her absolute best she plans ahead she uses her resources wisely and investing money well and so the question we have is how do we feel we are using the gifts, the material, the things that God has given to us? Are we using them wisely? Are we using them carefully? You recall in Exodus chapter 4, Moses, one of his moments of doubt doesn't he have a number of them and don't we he's saying in verse one Moses answered what if they do not believe me or listen to my voice they may say the Lord has not appeared to you and the Lord asks him what is in your hand a staff he replied throw it to the ground the Lord said so Moses threw it to the ground it became a snake and he ran for it Sense that God can use what is in our hands our resources and use it for his purposes we could be looking at the parable of the talents here from the New Testament. You know the story. Some, one's given ten talents, one's given five, and one's given one. The one with ten talents makes ten more. The one with five makes five more. The one with one just hides it in the ground and buries it. And that sense that God has given to each one of us talents, gifts, skills to be used for his purpose. And in the Proverbs, the woman of noble character takes which that which God has you given her and uses it for good purposes. So the question I want to ask you, what has God given you? And what are you doing with it? What has God given you? And what are you doing with it?
And do we need to reassess that which God's given us and work out how we can use it better for his glory, for his purposes? So the first snapshot is she uses her gifts and the resources available to her. And then we come to the second snapshot. She puts the needs of others before herself. As you read down these virtues, these qualities, we see that she makes sure she provides for those in her care and she gives to the poor. The fact that her servants and her husband are well cared for, the fact that she is reaching out and opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy, with what God has given her, she is not selfish. She makes sure she gives away. How can we provide for one another? It might not be only physically feeding our families. But when we talk about how we care, it might be ringing a lonely friend for a chat chat or writing a letter. It's that what we are using and how we reach the poor. The writer of the Proverbs, Solomon, has in here, as he talks about the wife of noble character, the woman, the person of noble character, one of the attributes he brings out is the care for the other. Nobility, being wise, using God's resources to care for the others is a godly thing. You remember the beginning of Proverbs in Proverbs chapter 1 when the phrase that's right here at the end of Proverbs is the Lord, the one who fears the Lord is to be praised. The fear of the Lord is the centre to the book of Proverbs and the fear of the Lord is not one of actual fright but actually doing what God wants us to do. And throughout the whole of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, the caring for the needy, the caring for the poor is central. So much so that in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus gives that parable of the sheep and wolves and actually the question comes When the day of judgment comes, did you care for the needy? Did you feed the hungry? Did you clothe the naked? And the people say, well, we didn't see you there, Jesus. Central to the fear of the Lord is the care of the other. And so the question we ask ourselves from this snapshot as we see that the noble person provides for others is who is God calling us to provide for? It might be a question of which charities we can support or how can we get involved in the ministries of the church here at RBC or beyond, but also about how we take personal responsibility. Responsibility for ourselves.
So the first snapshot is that she uses the gifts and resources available to her. The second snapshot is that she cares for the needy. And the third snapshot is that she has a deep love for God and others see that. Where can we see that? Well, if we start by looking at verse 25, we have, she's clothed with strength and dignity and she can laugh or at the days to come. We can only look to the future with hope when we put our hope in God. We can only look to see the future without fear when we allow ourselves to put our whole lives into God's hands. That deep love of God gives us security for our future. In this year we've had, I'm sure there has been many times when we have despaired and struggled our way through life. Can you imagine being able to say, I sit here in 2021 and I'm looking at what's going to happen in 2022, 2023, and I can laugh. Why? Because I just trust in God. And nothing God can be thrown at me that is greater than the God within if we put our hope in ourselves or other people or in politicians, well, it's very difficult to laugh at the future then. But this noble woman embodies the verse from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, that says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Her strength comes from her trust in God. Perhaps she's also discovered what Paul discovered the key to the content in all circumstances, as Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice from Philippians chapter 4. Another place we can see her love for God is through the praises of her children and husband. In verse 28, her children call her blessed, as does her husband. She's not lucky. You often hear that term. Those who have got a lot of money or whatever are often called lucky you. But no, the word here is blessed. She has been blessed by God and those around her can see it. And finally we see in verse 30, she is a woman who fears the Lord and is to be praised. This whole section of praising this woman is praising her because she fears the Lord. The way she lives her life means that people praise God. Now that's something to inspire us, isn't it? Jesus says, love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples. 
That sense of the way we live should point to God. The way we live, we will, people will see God and our Saviour. We should live in a way that points people to God. We know that in the book of Proverbs, it is stated that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This woman's deep trust in God makes her wise, which is how she is faithful to the instruction on her lips. Verse 26, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. How can our faith be inspirational to others? How can our trust in God point people to him? Maybe we just want to spend some time with God now today and just ask the question, Lord, how can my life reflect your greatness? How can what I do shape you? And so as we come to an end of this book of Proverbs and the teaching we have found out about it, we come back to the snapshots of our lives. We have focused on three and maybe you're now ready to focus on three snapshots of your life and ask, how do I see myself? How do others see me? How does God see me? And then finally ask ourselves, what must I do to change the picture? In Proverbs, it's around the fear of the Lord. And for us, it may be just dedicating our lives to God afresh. And in a moment, we're going to break bread and we're going to share the communion. And maybe at that time, it's a time for you to start to fear God. That the snapshots of your life may be the snapshots that we record or were recorded in the scripture in the Proverbs writer of the wife of noble character. But most of all, when we meet God face to face, we will hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. We sing, I will offer up my life. Good evening and we come to the part of our service where we now share in the body and the blood, reminding ourselves of all that Jesus has done for us. And I just thought we could start for a moment just by thinking about the words of that lovely old hymn, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And as we think about those words, we recognise that Jesus himself gave his all. He gave his life 
for us. Let's just pause for a moment as we think. Love, so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And so we thank you for your love. We thank you for all that you have done for us, loving Heavenly Father. We thank you for the gift that is represented here through this bread and through this cup, the gift of your Son, his death on that cross. And so we come and we ask for forgiveness using those familiar words. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our fellow men in thought and word and deed. Through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the same night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them saying, drink this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. And as we are in our own homes or wherever we may be watching this, we eat and we drink and we listen to the words. What kind of love is this? Thank you, God, for giving your life to make us whole. Help us to follow your example. As we live in a world that is battered and bruised, where people do not have hope and where they live in darkness, help us to walk with them and to tell them of your love and to shine out your love and your light into their lives. We ask this in your name. Amen. And we continue with our prayers of intercession as we pray for our world. Creator God, we have been reminded of your love for us as we have shared in the body and the blood. Representatives there of your broken body and your poured out love. We recognise that you call us to love and to serve you with body, mind and spirit through loving your creation and as we love our sisters and brothers. As we come before you now in prayer, help us to open our hearts in compassion as you hear our requests on behalf of the needs of the church and the world. We pray for our world and the way we care for it. We pray that we will think wisely about the choices that we make, the foods that we eat, the places to which we travel, and the decisions that can impact on what we buy and how we dispose of it. Help us not to get caught up in the trends of the day, the desire for more or the need to spend rather than care for your world. 
We pray for the scientists, charities and organisations that seek to raise our awareness of how we are damaging your creation. And help us too to stop and think before we act. God of salvation, who sent your Son to seek out and save what is lost, hear our prayers on behalf of those who are lost in our day, who are caught up in trafficking and slavery, fighting and bloodshed and war. We pray for those who are innocent. Lord, protect them, we pray. We pray for those who are seeking to stand in the gap. Help make them brave, we pray. For those who have no care for the other, give them a heart of compassion and not greed. Redeeming sustainer, loving God, help pour out your strength and your courage upon each and every situation where it is needed and may your will be done. As we come before you now and name those things in our hearts. We pray for our world where COVID is still so prevalent. We pray for the doctors and nurses, the medical staff and the governments and all those who are involved in the fight for life day by day. Give each person strength and courage, we pray. And Lord, we pray too for those who are mourning. Comfort them, we ask. For those who are scared, give them your peace. For those who are fighting for survival, put your hand of healing on them, we pray. Recognising that even though the pandemic is huge, you are far bigger than all of them. Father God, teach us your ways of justice and lead us to practice your generosity so that we may live a life worthy of the gospel made known through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Saviour. We recognise that your grace is extravagant and unexpected. Help us to follow your example and lead us to repentance when we fail to witness to your love. That love which embraces those we call friend and those we call stranger. And finally, now, in the quiet, we bring before you those people that are heavy on our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. And as we just conclude our time in prayer together, we want to say thank you for all those who have given over the past number of weeks and months. Lord, for the gifts that have been given directly or indirectly, through the boxes in the church, through the tap and go machine as people have come in through the banks or however it has been given. Lord, we pray that in all that we have given, Lord, you may use it for your glory and for your place work in this place and further afield. Father God, we thank you for all that you bless us with. Lord, in what we have given to you, we pray that it will bless others. Amen. Our service is uh, coming to an end.
but we want to remind you that there are opportunities to join with us each week and particularly to remind you of the new prayer course that is starting that there is this book that we can, uh, you can follow through even if you don't, aren't able to join us on a Wednesday and the book is called God on Mute and it's by Pete Gregg and it's available from a number of different places and it's looking over a course of five weeks, a really difficult subject of what happens when God doesn't seem to answer our prayers. Many of us will have found times when we've cried out to God, why? Or we've cried out and yet our prayers don't seem to be answered. And this course is one that's going to look at what happens and how we cope with those times when we don't feel God is listening. Because although in our heart of hearts we know he is, sometimes it doesn't seem that way as we wait for answers to our prayers. And so, as you look at your notice sheet for the activities of the week, as I remind you about this course that is uh, running on Wednesdays at RBC, let's also watch this video. Thank you for joining with us this evening. And as we sing our last song, may we indeed declare how great God is, O Lord my God. Until we meet again back in the building on either Wednesday or on Sunday, or we join one another in Zoom, Good night, God bless you, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, both now and forevermore. Amen. Good night and God bless.